We're going to take just a moment to have a devotional word that I believe is important. And I think anybody that hears it will say, that applies. That's for me. As well as, I think, just a chosen promise of encouragement. Then our evening will conclude with, um, I think the worship team has two more songs to share. And wasn't that lovely that we got to be a part of a choir and linked with, um, I just think that was a wonderful set of worship songs. Don't you agree? Yeah. What a great night to come. Just wonderful. So prayerfully, you had opportunity to take communion. If not, it's available after. It doesn't compel anybody. We get to do it by free volition. Our motive is to give thanks to the Lord for what he's done for us. And then one of the means by which we also give thanks to the Lord and show our gratitude is by holding up his word, endearing ourselves to it. So I'm going to take you to the Gospel of Luke for this sharing. I'm going to take you to the 17th chapter of Luke. We're going to pick it up in verse 11. The story will be familiar to you and perhaps has application in this season. We've come from Thanksgiving, correct? And yet now we're entering into truly another very special time in which we give thanks to the Lord for, in fact, satisfying the desire of the heart to be united in fellowship with him, to be saved from sin, to be assured of our home place in heaven. So here we go in this really wonderful story. Verse 11 says, And it came about while he was on the way to Jerusalem that he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. So one in the passing through would be that which the Samaritans would not have known God at this time as the Jews who occupied obviously the region in Galilee and Jerusalem. He's right in between two factions. Both of them are starving for the Lord, thirsting after God. He's passing right between them. And as he entered a certain village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. We have a culture that stands at a distance. They know that the way that their life is going would be a convincing evidence that something's not right within them. Eventually, there's only so long that the person can be infected with leprosy to where they can no longer ignore the analysis, I'm dying, I'm perishing, I am ostracized from ultimately fellowship that I want, and nothing is able to satisfy it. No matter what I've tried, no matter how I try to bandage the wound, I'm a dead man walking. Essentially, leprosy in those days marked a person for death. And these men, it would appear, have reached the conclusion that this man walking between two positions, 
that we're aware of, but that the choice that we must make must be for him and to appeal to him to do what no one else is willing to do or perhaps can do. And so they cry out from the distance that they stood because that was required lawfully that they be at a distance declaring their uncleanliness, the fact that they potentially were spreaders of this disease. And it says that as they raise their voices, verse 13, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And verse 14 is the response of the Lord. So like him. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And it came about that as they were going, they were cleansed. So we know that they cried out to him from a distance. And one of the things that very often we can find ourselves perhaps discouraged in is that, is God answering me? Does he hear me? Well, not only does he hear you, but most significantly, he sees you. He sees us. It's one thing for God to hear us, but when we understand that his eyes are upon us and that his voice will be evident to us, which is this, change direction, reroute yourself, go to the priests and show yourself. And this indicates that as they were in obedience to do so, they were radically touched. Skin that would have been corrupted and odor that would have been foul no longer was upon them. They were completely healed, not partially. They were completely healed. Notice the response. Now one of them in verse 15, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. When men and women and children turn back from God, that's apostasy. When men, women, and children turn back to God, that is called glorification. That is when an individual says, I must render to the Lord, not simply to an auxiliary, I must render to the Lord thanksgiving. It's interesting because Jesus anticipated that that's what they should do and that that is obviously what one would do. There's always a percentage in the masses. There's always a small percentage in the masses. This would represent a tenth. There's always going to be a remnant that will do ultimately what the majority should do. The reason that that's important is because not only does God hear you, perhaps in the minority, but he sees you. And what may be to others, their inability to see. Because God is the only one that we're to trust in that way as the one who observes us for the purpose of touching us. He says, with regard to this person who turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, 
and he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. He was one of those other guys. He was one that the others did not like, the ones that perhaps were spiritually able to anchor themselves in a faith that even they were not necessarily able to live up to, certainly not the hierarchy of Judaism. They had failed miserably to convey the love of God to the people so desperately under the bondage of sin. And yet this one returns to render thanksgiving to God. He's obedient in heading out because Jesus said, go back, show yourselves to the priests. But it does indicate that in doing so, while on the way, that turn not to be touched by the Lord, but to simply obey his voice, they were healed. And it anticipates that God, in their acknowledgement of being touched, would have expected a return in the manner of thanksgiving. So one of the things that I believe is important about what you're doing right now is you're rendering thanksgiving to the Lord. Some of you have had a hard day. Some of you have had a hard season. In fact, I can say that all of us have. That's probably just true. But here we are. God looks at it as an act of obeisance, of thanksgiving, of humbling ourselves. It's pleasing to him. He's heard your voice, but he sees you at what is perhaps that which others can't see. And we need to understand that just because others can't see, it does not mean that God has not taken every detail into consideration. Our emotions can't be by what others are not able to see nor satisfy in our lives because he is ultimately the satisfier of our life. He's the one that touches us. It has to be about him. And so this one person got it right. The others were still touched and they would not have that taken away from them because God does that kind of thing. That's called grace. That's kindness. But he's being an example, as you are, of what it means to render thanks to the Lord by being in his house and telling people, this is where I need to be. This is the place in which God meets me. I hear him, and I know that he sees me as I speak to him. He says this with regard to this observation. Were there not ten cleansed, but the nine, where are they? I see you. I hear you. Where are the nine that you were traveling with? Where are some of the people that you were traveling with? And that's not a condemning thing, because that isn't what we're about. The voicing is simply saying God's aware of those who truly are thankful and grateful. There are many things that keep us in practical ways away from a spiritual necessity. There are truly many things that can do that. But every person has to be examined in their own heart and in their own life about what it is that God has done in which he's worthy of a return pilgrimage, a place in which we bow before him, worshiping him devotionally, 
regardless. Your analysis is he touched me. Maybe some people say, but he doesn't touch me as frequently as I need it. Are you giving thanks to him for what he did do in the moment that perhaps was your deepest need, was that connection? And he said to them, verse 19, jumping to that rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is, for behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Meaning that the Pharisees were striving to have the evidence of God, not to exercise faith in the belief of God and what they could not see with their eyes, but what the scriptures clearly mandated, you need to come to me in faith. And so when we look at this, Jesus actually gives a very special word for us as we look at this. Your everyday life experience is, in fact, the disclosure of God, whether you're at a distance seemingly from him or within close proximity, the kingdom of God is not seeking after signs and wonders. It's the fact that you can be in wonder and in awe of the revelation of his presence right where you're at. In any moment of your day, his presence can be known and the miraculous things in your practical needs can be met and inventoried and rendered as a thanksgiving. I think that's awesome. And so maybe for some of you that could be an encouragement. And if not, then allow this promise to perhaps resonate in your heart. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, surely I will help you, surely. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are angered at you will be shamed and dishonored. Those who contend with you will be as nothing and will perish. You will seek those who quarrel with you, but will not find them. Those who war with you will be as nothing and non-existent. For I am the Lord your God who upholds your right hand, who says to you, do not fear, I will help you. And so that's from Isaiah. Some of you are familiar with that passage. And that's in the 41st chapter. And that was picked up at verse 10 to the close of verse 13. You may want to examine that. That may be for you in your time good word. Let's go ahead and pray that in. We'll enjoy the closing two worship songs, and then Everest will dismiss you. If you need prayer, we'll have people over there to pray for you. Could be exactly what you need. On the other hand, his presence is here right now, and maybe your prayers, without you necessarily believing they've been heard, Jesus has seen you, and he's going to take care of you. And you can satisfy that in two songs. Thank you, Lord.
for hearing me. Thank you, Lord, for seeing me. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. And there you go. You've conducted business. <laughs>